You're listening to ReachMD, and this is GI Insights, produced in partnership with the American Gastroenterological Association. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Menon, and with me today is Dr. Neelish Tipness, Paul H. Parker Professor and Chair of Pediatric Gastroenterology and Director of GI Motility and Functional Bowel Disorder Program at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Welcome, Neelish. Great. Thank you, Barry. Thanks for having me on your program today. Now, today we're going to talk about IBS, or Irritable Bowel Syndrome, what's new, uh, and uh, can we actually eliminate and treat the cause? Please give us a, a bit of an update on this. Sure. We had a, uh, an excellent session this morning where we really reviewed this in great detail with, with some four of the uh, up-and-coming uh, brightest minds in, in pediatric gastroenterology, uh, Dr. Uh, Carlo DiLorenzo. Uh, Dr. Bruno Chimpazzi, Dr. Adrian Miranda, and Dr. Craig Friesen. And we really looked at what are some of the factors that put children and, and adult patients at risk for, for developing irritable bowel syndrome, and, then, and that will hopefully lead us towards treatments in the future. You know, what, what we talked about were really a multimodal model that sensitizes the individual to developing disease, and then interactions with the environment that really uh, sustain and, and create disease. What was teased out here as far as the you know, uh, phenotypic side and the environmental side in terms of pediatric risk? Correct, yes. So, so it, it really was going to look like there's uh, influences from infections that are acquired throughout life. Um, environmental stressors and early life experiences play a role, and then dietary interactions and how those also affect the GI tract. And really, it's going to come down to genetics, that there are uh, a genetic profile that we will someday identify that will separate those individuals that get a little tummy ache after a, a gastroenteritis, rather it's viral or bacteria, versus those that have prolonged periods of, of uh, disease and, and distress. Now, we call uh, both the constipation type and the diarrheal type both IBS, but just intuitively it seems they're different issues. Pain is part of it. Could you speak a bit about that? Correct, correct. So you know, right now, according to the international guidelines, we, we categorize IBS into constipation, a mixed constipation or diarrheal type, and then a diarrheal type. And, and, and you're, you're, you're right on. Um, the research is starting to show that there is differences in how our bodies uh, process metabolomes, uh, which are the breakdown products of anything that we ingest and gets delivered into the GI tract. For example, patients with IBS constipation have a different bile profile in their stools compared to those that have diarrhea. So patients with, with constipation have less secretory forms of bile compared to those that have diarrhea. And, and how the bacteria digest those bile products probably affects the generation of symptoms. Um, and it may also uh, come down to how they process sugars uh, as well. Uh, so you mentioned the gut flora here, and that leads me to the next issue. Has this responded, uh, any of the subtypes responded to, uh, you know, 
introduction by any means necessary of new uh, bioflora. Right. So, so Dr. Chimpazi reviewed that in, in his, his uh, presentation, and he's done some fantastic work in that area. And what he has found is that the microbiota profile predicts how individuals are going to respond to a, a FODMAPS diet. So um, you know, those that had a certain profile tended to respond better compared to those that had a different profile. And I think where that's going to come into mind is, is as we start personalizing medicine, and we deliver a stool sample to our doctor as we walk in the door. We will say, you have this profile. We know that we need to either modify the profile or pick a therapy that's going to be specific to what type of bacteria are in your GI tract. And I think it's going to be a little bit of both. I think that we'll see the use of, of uh, prebiotics, probiotics, and antibiotics tailored towards that individual person's bacterial makeup and maybe we'll even see um, fecal transplants, you know, perhaps in, in patients with refractory yes, that's disease. Why I, so. Yes, that's why I said by any means necessary, because I know there are different ways to change the flora. But backtracking for a second, one obvious question to a pediatrician like me would be differences in kids' breastfeeding, formula feeding, in ultimate IBS. Yes. And, and I think that when you look at, you know, early life experiences, that will probably play, play a role, you know, as researchers start to look at that question specifically, you know, looking at feeding patterns, looking at that in development of disease, not just IBS, but all pediatric disorders and adult disorders. You know, there are, it is known that, that patients with different feeding modalities during infancy have different microbiota profiles. And, and now really the next step is how does that affect disease? And so that's, you know, 10 years from now, we're going to be treating patients a lot differently compared to what we do now. Certainly, certainly. In your summation, what would you say in the next five years or so we should look for for both adults and children who have been diagnosed with IBS? Right. So, so, so there's, there's really three factors that are going to be involved. It's going to be the, uh, the gut um, dysbiosis that's going to play a role. So how has your gut reacted to various infectious parameters and, and changed? And then it's also going to be mitigation of life stresses. And so life stresses um, clearly modulates the outcome and how we incorporate that into our treatment parameters. So a lot of work has been done with hypnosis. That hypnosis has been the one treatment that has been shown to be um, time in and time out effective for treatment of irritable bowel syndrome, regardless of predisposition that's there. And so that just goes to the role of, of psychosocial factors in, in disease and, you know, being less concerned about, you know, pain medication perhaps. Um, but I think it's going to really be a, a multimodal uh, effort, you know, looking at what is the, the current status of your gut microflora, um, you know, how does that interact with your absorption of nutrients, and then how do you mitigate life stress? Yes, mitigating life stress would be a great answer for many conditions, not only IBS, of course. Neelish, thank you so much for being with us today. Some great insights. I'm Dr. Barry Menon, and you've been listening to GI Insights, produced in partnership with the AGA on ReachMD. Be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com AGA 
featuring podcasts of this and other series. Thank you for listening.